Hey everyone, welcome to Unstoppable. My name is Ralph Graves Jr. and my passion is seeing you experience life transformation. Every week on this show, I will bring you inspirational stories of some of the most unstoppable people on the planet. I can't wait to share these stories with you and I hope that you'll share them with your friends. If you're looking to join the Unstoppable community and receive weekly lessons challenging you to live your best life, why don't you join me at ralphgravesjr.com backslash community. Okay, let's dive in. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Unstoppable Podcast. I'm your host, Ralph Graves Jr. So glad to have you guys here. I'm here with a, this is a friend of mine. You know, sometimes you, you know, I interview a lot of friends, but this guy and I go back further than me and a lot of people you hear me interview. High school, freshman, eighth grade, I don't know. We go back a long way, and uh, he is doing some wonderful things, and I want to introduce you guys to him. Some of you might already know him because he is a celebrity, and I get the chance to say I know a celebrity. Ladies and gentlemen, my friend John Moyer. What's up, man? What is up, Ralph? This is uh, <laughs> I'm just smiling here. Like, you know, can you get on these things and you, you regularly just hey, how it's gonna be here? How you doing? But dude, I am legitimately yeah. smiling on the inside to to be able to be here and, and talk to you and see you because it's just been it's been too been long. So long. But <clears throat> you know, I mean, just following each other on, on social media, and I have just loved watching all the you know the stuff that you do but now yeah. to kind of be in each other's space right now it's it's awesome but, but you know what even though we haven't talked i always thought we'd still remain close like yeah we 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 rock the same style we're both ball headed um even 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 down to the clothes we wear i remember one time you were wearing a jacket and i hit you up like man where'd you get that jacket <laughs> we rock yeah. the same styles we we have you know we both have beautiful wives beautiful children so you know but i always remain close to you like yeah you know i did never felt like there was a moment where where we would talk and, and one would have forgotten the other man we just you're, uh you're, you're right it's like there's some people that you know no matter how long it's been since you've seen them yeah. it's like there was never any time you know yeah. but yeah. you know between us and dude i just remember you know high school and hanging out and and how many uh, classes were we in together man dude there's so much i don't even remember that i've blocked out from high school though i i still have dude i will have weird dreams that yeah. i wake up or in yeah. in my dream yeah I find out that I didn't go to some class in high school yeah. and I have to like make something up or do all this old homework when it's like yeah. my age. Yeah. But I think yeah. we had, I think we had, did we have miss uh, Mrs. Mall? Were we we did. We did. Yeah. I, we got to talk about her. I, I know people are like, these guys are just on a phone call. <laughs> no, no, no. He is an actor. He's a comedian. He's a professional hypnotist. He's a, a philanthropist. He's, he's, a, he's an activist. We're going to get into all of that. But right now I'm talking to my friends, so don't just bear with me. But Miss Mall's class, man, we had a good time, man. Yeah, dude, that was the one class that eluded me, you know, because yeah. I was never a math guy. Me right? I hated, hated math. And um, the funny thing is, is when I went to college, because I took the ACTs to get into college. Right. And I did so bad on the math portion of the ACTs, I was required to take like a high school level algebra class in, yeah. in, you yeah. know, to, to graduate. And of course I was getting a degree in theater and film. Right. So yeah. I'm like, nobody's ever going to look at my transcripts after, after college. So yeah. My, yeah. my whole philosophy was anything above a D minus wasn't worth the effort. And, and I flew through that, uh, that, that algebra class in college with a, with a D minus. Yeah. So it worked out she was good well. to us. And we're, she yeah, was, she was. Cause I remember she said, guys, just do the homework and you'll get a C. 
Now, yeah. some people may say, well, that's not right. No, it was right because she understood her two students struggle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we tried. We showed up. So, man, let's talk. Let's just talk about your career, man. I want to I want to I want folks to know, man, kind of like your journey. And, uh, you know, after, after high school, you go to college. What college did you go to? And you said you took in theater and theater and, and film and film. Graduated with a uh, uh, degree in theater and film. Where'd you graduate from? Yeah. I actually graduated from from Brigham Young University. OK, so because I was I was raised, you know, in in, you know, the Mormon church, I wind up living, you know, in Utah. I'm not you know, I'm not practicing anymore, but, you know, yeah. love the people, love, love the culture. But, yeah, graduated yeah. from uh, from BYU. That, see, that was my thing when I was I started fooling around with my father's super eight millimeter movie camera when yeah. I was like 12 years old. So okay. that was my passion. So, yeah, I go to uh, uh, school, film school, graduate with a degree in theater and film. But while I was in film school. I discovered stand-up comedy because there was a comedy club in Provo, Utah, of all places. <laughs> and it was all kind of the same thing. It was like all entertainment based. And, you know, I all had I always had, um, uh, you know, a passion for comedy to be funny. So yeah. my scripts that I wrote were, were funny. I was doing stand-up comedy. And when I graduated from from college, I went on the road professionally doing stand-up comedy. And yeah. then also had a few independent um, comedy screenplays, you know, produced um, along the way. And that was the bulk of my life for about, you know, 25 years. But, but comedy, comedy was easy for you, man, because I remember, yeah. man, you, you kept it light in school. You weren't a class clown, but you, you kept it light. You made yeah. everybody around you smile. Everybody. I don't remember anybody, you know, who didn't like you, <laughs> you know, um, I'm sure there were a few people, <laughs> but, but you weren't a clown, man, you know, yeah. you weren't a clown, but you, you was, you were a, a rock solid, cool dude who had a great personality. So I don't, I, you know, when I heard you were doing comedy, I'm like, well, that's not far-fetched. You've been yeah. doing that since we were kids. Yeah. That, and that's, you just take what I was doing in high school and just, you know, being, you know, hanging out with friends and then figuring, figuring out a way to just put it in, into a word structure on stage that you can yeah. do over and over again and, yeah. and make people laugh. So tell me about your first night on stage, open mic. Was it an open mic night? What was it? I'll, I, there, yeah, what happened? And there's actually two kind of interesting stories there. Okay. So we were really fortunate where the comedy club where I started because they were open uh, Thursday, Friday and Saturday nights. And of course, this is before the Internet and social media and anybody yeah. knew what was going on anywhere else. So everybody just they knew the little things that were happening in town and, and that's where they went to. So on Thursday nights, they did the open mic night. But what they did, because normally now open mic nights, they'll do it like on a Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. Right. And then it's like all other comics that people show up, you know, the comics are watching each other. Yeah. They put the open micers up before the headliner. They had a real headliner on Thursday night. So we were going up in front of a, a, a real crowd. Yeah. And the first time I went up, I think I only, you know, I did like three minutes, um, but I did well enough that the club manager said, hey, why don't you come back? Wow. Um, over or on the weekend. And, you know, you can do, you can do a, a spot on the weekend, mm -hmm. which that was easy enough, but where it got weird for me was I had somebody come up a few months later at an open mic and said, Hey, can you do 15 minutes? And I'm like, absolutely. I can't, of course I couldn't, but you always just say, you can. <laughs> right. And she said, I've, I do a, a comedy night at this bar up in Salt Lake city. Now I was, I was 20, I must've been 22, 23 at the, at this time, um, going to, you know, going to BYU, dude, I'd never been in like a real bar in my entire life. 
right? right so right. I show up to this bar and I'm like, oh my gosh, people are drinking here. This is like a den of iniquity, the appearance yes, yeah, of right, evil. Right, right. And I was so terrified. I remember how scared I was. And I was teetering on the edge of just getting in my car and leaving because yeah. I was so terrified, not saying anything, just getting in my car and leaving. Yeah. Of course, I realized that would, you know, toast me, you know, with, you know, the, the, anybody relative to who was booking shows right. and stuff, but I plowed through it. And I remember like when I told that first joke and it got laughs from like the drunk guys, you know, just hanging out at the bar that looked yeah. like the biker dudes. It was just, it was all downhill from, you know, from there. Yeah. Yeah. You said, Oh, this is me. This is me. You yeah. know, I, I, and I understand that, you know, listening to the different comedians that I do know, man, that comedy circuit is rough. It takes so much heart to get up on stage. It's so you guys have so much courage to get up on yeah. stage and make me laugh. Yeah. That was, you yeah. know, that's the thing is like, I never felt, I mean, early on, obviously I would feel, you know, kind of nervous and stuff, but once you got out there yeah. and you were doing it and, and for the greatest portion of my life that was my passion that was my drive that was my art yeah. being in front of a group of people and being able to take something that was this intangible concept you know in my mind an emotion you know that i had that i thought was interesting or funny or, or whatever yeah. um and then packaging that in a way where you could present it to the audience yeah. and then they receive it that, that yeah. connection to me um, you know, I, I love, but the problem that I was having though, is that, um, you know, a lot of my comedy was all based on my own personal life. Okay. I was making jokes about, you know, at the time, you know, my wife and then my ex-wife and then my kids. Yeah. And when you go to film school, they teach you that all drama is conflict when you're writing a script. Yeah. Okay. So it's like in home alone, there's not going to be any movie if the kid's not left home alone and there's not left any burglars, right? You got to sure. have conflict. Sure. So right. my whole thing was the more conflict that is in my life, the more drama that's in my life, I could take that and make jokes out of that. Yeah. So I was yeah. able to stand on stage and be funny and yeah. joke about my dysfunction. But personally, I was in a really dark place. You know, wow. I was I was in I was in a hole. So yeah. that was kind yeah. of an interesting uh, dichotomy for me. Well, what did you do to get out of that hole, man? How, how did you get out of it? I mean, it, comedy is important to us as a, as a society. Big yeah. ups to all the comedians. Um, sad is the soul that cannot laugh. But I've heard it said a lot about a lot of comedians, man. You know, we're laughing. I mean, Kevin Hart had that laugh at my pain. Yeah. And that, dude, yeah. it's so true. Some of the most or some of the like my some of my friends that are really funny, great comedians, uh, just some of the most dysfunctional drama and anger, you know, in, yeah. in their personal life. And mm -hmm. now see what happened for me was. Um, you know, I'd gone through a divorce. I was a single parent. I had, I had two young kids and, um, you know, at the time dating all the wrong women. And I was just really, really unhappy personally. And I, I got to a point where I knew that something needed to change, you know, in my life. But here I was, I was, you know, I was in my mid forties. This was my life for the last 20 years. You know, what, what's happening? How's any of this going to change? Yeah. And it changed when I discovered, um, you know, meditation right. and hypnosis. Right. And I was able to utilize that to clean up the trauma in my head and in my heart. Yeah. And I, I discovered a whole, you know, new resource there that I wound up pursuing professionally going on from stand-up comedy to comedy stage hypnosis. And I, and, and I watched you meld the two together. And that, that was my next question. I wanted to find out how did you get into hypnosis? We just answered the question, but 
I've seen you work and you bring, you do something that I, I don't know if others do it or not. Like you said, you, you bring a comedy to it, but a seriousness to it as well. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I've seen you kind of free up some people, man. Yeah. It's been, it, you know, when I started doing it, cause what had happened for me, like, cause I believe, you know, everything shows up for a reason, you know, everything aligns for a reason, you know, yeah. God makes everything fall into place exactly the way that it, you know, that deserves to be when we're ready. And what had happened for me was I was performing. It was an all day event where there were all these different uh, uh, activities and happening. And I was booked as a stand-up comedian. I did my show in the venue, probably maybe a half, half full for, for, you know, for my show response was okay. But yeah. I didn't realize this is after me, they had booked a stage hypnotist. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to stick around and, and, and watch this. <laughs> and, you know, for the, the venue being half full for me, it was standing room only for this hypnotist and okay. the audience yeah. was enthralled. The show was great. And of course, after the show, the audience was lining up, throwing money hand over fist to buy stop smoking, weight loss, reduce stress, you yeah. know, hypnosis yeah. programs. Yeah. And I went, man, I, I've always been fascinated with the mind and I'm kind of at a point where I, I deserve to reinvent myself. Yeah. And I'm like, I could do that. I could be up there on stage. I knew how to be funny. I knew how to improv. I just needed to figure out how to hypnotize people. Yeah. Um, but then I went through a whole training course to, to do that. And when I started doing stage hypnosis, because I went back to all the bookers and the managers of the clubs, the agents, everybody that I had worked with booking stand-up comedy. I said, man, I've got something, a whole yeah, new yeah. Uh, act now, a whole new pro. And dude, it just skyrocketed. It just took off. And not only um, did it take off, I was expanding my audience space because now I was able to go, you know, I mean, and perform at colleges. Because when I was doing stand-up comedy, who wants to hear about a middle-aged guy complaining about being sure. divorced and an ex-wife, right? So right. I was appealing to colleges. I was um, appealing to high school audiences, but I was doing, I started doing really high-end uh, corporate events mm -hmm. and wound up um, being booked as a uh, headlining entertainer for Royal Caribbean Cruise Line. So now I'm flying around the world, you know, wow. go to these great locations performing my show. Yeah. And in the process of all that happening, that's when, you know, I'm, I was using these techniques to assist myself and benefit myself. And when I kind of came into peace uh, in my heart, my mind and my spirit, I was like, I don't feel like I have anything, you know, to joke yeah. about on stage from the perspective of stand up anymore. And I retired from stand up. I guess it was in 2016 or 2017. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you this. So you get into hypnosis. You're Mormon. You know, I'm born again Christian. Yeah. How did that go over with the Mormon brothers and sisters? Well, it's really that's a really funny uh, or a good <laughs> question. And what's what's interesting is because. Mormon audiences, audiences yeah. in Utah are, they're probably some of the best, most receptive, most responsive, fun audiences ever. Now, yeah. what's interesting is the Mormon church has an official church handbook that they give out to all of their, their ecclesiastical leaders, their bishops. And right. in it, it says, uh, you're not supposed to do uh, hypnosis for like a show or public demonstrations. Yeah. Um, so I've never like at BYU where I went to school, man, there's no way they would ever do uh, right. a hypnosis show, but 15 minutes North of BYU at Utah Valley university, it's essentially the same demographic, yeah. but you know, it's not a church sanctioned school. I go in there. I I've done a ton of shows there and uh, the, they're always, always, you know, responded to very well. And I, and I think the reason why is 
that, you know, they have that in the Mormon church handbook. It, a lot of it just comes from people, you know, not understanding. Right. A lot of misconceptions really, about it. Yeah. A lot of misconceptions about it. Yeah. And, you know, because there are some hesitations, there's some fear, you know, you'll have people go, oh, you're going to take over our mind or you're going <laughs> to, you know, this is going to happen. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And what was what was interesting is a few years ago, I did a, it was a corporate event for, they were like a nationwide um, they were uh, jewelry sellers. Um, yeah. It was these, you know, it was like a Tupperware thing, I guess, but yeah. for, you know, for jeweler, jewelers, yeah. and they had their, their annual, you know, convention or meeting in, yeah. in Utah. So I was, I was asked to perform. The woman who asked me to perform was a, was a Utah native. And when I got there, she said, look, we have a lot of women here that are from down South, the deep South. And there's some yeah. concerns. There's a little nervousness. Um yeah. So I go, thank you for letting me know that, that, you know, not a problem. So when I go up and do my pre-talk before I invite people to the stage, I was able to frame everything to resolve those concerns. You know, and I told them like, look, we're created in God's image. We have this ability to tap into our mind. This is something that, you know, that God has endowed us with and and given us to be able to um, utilize for good. And I had, I think I probably had maybe 12 or 15 chairs set up on the stage. Okay. When I called for volunteers, I had to add like another, you know, five, seven chairs because there were so many people wow. that, from this wow. group that wanted to participate. And afterwards, it was great because you're hearing back from we've never seen anything like this before. Yeah. And this was amazing. You know, the yeah. volunteers were like, I feel so good. This is incredible. And then from the audience, um, from their now, perspective. Did they, did they buy, did you hypnotize them and they bought more jewelry? See, people think that's what that's about. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not how that happens. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, I wasn't hypnotizing them, them for that, but you know, I'd give yeah. them a little, give them a little boost for themselves to be able to go out and, and yeah. sell some more product. Yeah. So what does, what does one of your shows looks like, look, look like? What does it look so, like? what happens is when I get up there, I'll probably spend, you know, five or seven minutes doing what I call, you know, it's, it's a pre-talk where we're basically, you're letting people know what to, you know, what to expect. You explain what hypnosis is, let them know how it works, kind of make them feel comfortable. And of course it's a big rapport building with me because they they want to feel comfortable, you know, coming up, you know, with me on stage. And then, you know, I let them know what it's going to be like and what they can expect. And, you know, as I close that out before I invite, you know, volunteers, I let people know is like, look, if you have a goal that you want to achieve, if there's something in your life that you, if you have a negative belief, a negative pattern of behavior that you want to eliminate, if you want to install a new pattern of behavior, new belief for yourself, that's going to help you achieve your goals. When you come up here tonight, um, we're going to allow that to be the case. We're going to help you to be able to do that. And that's a huge motivation factor for people to come up on stage. So then, you know, they come up on stage and I spend probably five to seven minutes doing a hypnotic induction. Got to move kind of fast for that. You got a lot of people on stage and you just kind of go rapid fire. And then um, once they're hypnotized, then I go through a series of skits where you're 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 giving the uh, the the people on stage different suggestions, um, which you're you know, and and the audience loves it because when you're hypnotized, your mind can't tell the difference between what's real and what's not. Right. Okay. So okay. it's like when you're watching a movie and if you're really scared or nervous or whatever, you know, something like a thriller movie, you're yeah. feeling all that. You've kind of got that that same thing happening within your subconscious mind. So I'm just giving people some temporary suggestions that um, they were going to respond in, in very funny ways okay. uh, and out of the ordinary ways that make the audience laugh. Yeah, man, that's something else, man. That, that's something else. I mean, that, that's, that's been a journey, man. So um, 
you're all going over the country doing this. You've been acting. Uh, you kind of shut down stand up, even though I don't think I, I, I think that you still do stand up along with it. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's an element you of, know. of, you know, of comedy to it all. That's you, for sure. You have a YouTube channel. Yeah. And my and my YouTube channel grew out of my stage hypnosis. Show. What's the YouTube channel? So people can uh, they can just find me at John Moyer hypnosis. It's all my hypnosis and meditation programs. Okay. And the way that that happened. And again, it's one of these things where, man, you know, stuff just shows up at the right time. God makes yeah. everything happen at the right time. Yeah. And um, what was going on is when I got into hypnosis, um, there came a point where, well, every hypnotist was selling their merchandise after the show, CDs, stop right. smoking. Right. 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 But right. CDs became passe and people yeah. stopped having CD players. So now I'm, I'm talking to all these hypnotists that are trying to figure out how they can sell their, you know, their merchandise after a show. Yeah. And a lot of them are going, well, it's all digital now. What if we what if we got bulk MP3 drives or thumb drives and then we put MP3 files on there? We sold them that way. And and I said. Well, everything is going digital. Maybe what I'll do is I'll put my content on my website. They can they can buy these MP3 audio yeah. downloads from our website. But yeah. I thought, what if I put it on YouTube as kind of a form of advertising? People yeah. might see me on YouTube. They might want to go to my website and download sure. it. Right. But I never realized people were would use YouTube as their primary platform. YouTube. And yeah. And I put some of my content on there. It just, you know, it, everything aligned, people found me and it just, it, you know, it took off. And um, so for the last, you know, couple of years, I've been fortunate. I've just focused pretty much 100% on, on my YouTube channel. And uh, I'll, I'll, I think it will be within the next month. I'll hit 250,000 uh, subscribers. Wow. wow, man. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So man, let me ask a couple personal questions, man. Yeah. I and I write these down because I, I, I this is the unstoppable podcast and people need to know, you know, when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused in all of this, what do you do? What's your go to? And because a lot of us, man, a lot of people, it's this podcast, they're, they're business owners, they're movers and shakers. Yeah. Sometimes we feel overwhelmed or unfocused when, and we all have to take a beat. What do you do? What I do, and it all goes back to meditation has profoundly changed my life in ways that, that I, it's just, it's incredible what it's done for me. And, you know, of course, self-hypnosis as well. Now people ask, you know, what's the difference between hypnosis and meditation? They're sister states of okay. mind. You've got okay. the same thing that's happening in your mind and, and body. Yeah. Um, meditation might be more of a, a bit more of a break or, you know, a timeout. Whereas hypnosis, if you're listening to something like a guided hypnosis or guided meditation, some people will call it, you know, you're accessing the subconscious mind, mm -hmm. which you're allowed, you know, you can literally delete old programming and install new programming. Wow. So the things that make people feel stressed, the things that make people feel overwhelmed, whatever the case may be, it's all learned programming within their mind. You know, they, yeah. they've learned, Hey, I'm going through my business. And when this happens, or I see this employee do this, or when this comes up, this comes up, that's bad news. And I feel stressed. So the subconscious mind is equating a situation with an emotional state. So what you can do is you can actually tap into your subconscious mind. Okay. And all of a sudden you can neutralize that connection. You can make new connections. So if somebody, a business owner, somebody's they said, man, this situation's coming up, this situation's coming up. And instead of feeling stressed, when it comes up, their subconscious mind can tell them, we're, we're feeling calm. We've got this. In wow. fact, we can actually, we've got this so much, we can actually perform better now in this, in this moment. So that's wow. what it all comes down to. And that's what, that's, what's helped me. 
Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you get many athletes or like, like who's some of your, your clientele? Well, most of the, like the, I, the thing that's so cool about what I, what I, what I do on YouTube is that, you know, you're putting stuff out there that you're hearing from, you know, the entire world. You're sure. You're, I'm, I'm sure. hearing, I get a lot of comments on the channel. I get a lot of DMS and, and emails yeah. and man, I'm, I'm fortunate that I get to hear from the everyday people who are out there living their lives, um, working to get by, maybe working to approve upon themselves. Okay. And I hear from them how they've received my content and it's, it's allowed them to get over negative situations, get through bad situations and feel so much better about themselves. Yeah. And, you know, this is, you know, that to me, that's the salt of the earth, right? Yeah. That's the, yeah. that's the everyday person that's out there that makes yeah. up the world that we live in. And my whole thing is, you know, you help one person and one person is better off. Well, how many people can that, that one person influence to help yeah. you, you know, better yeah. off. And it's like, yeah. As as my wife says, you know, putting this out there, we're raising the vibration, you know, of the yeah. of the planet. Yeah. So that's what I that's what I love hearing from the everyday people. Shout out to your wife. I like how you gave her credit. Shout out there. Oh, she's the one. Uh, <laughs> I I owe everything to her because yeah. she just she's shown me the way. So over the last five years, what have you gotten better at saying no to? I have one of the things a saying that I learned from my wife is, you know, that that doesn't work for me. Right. Okay. So if if yeah. if somebody asks you, you know, hey, can you do this or do that? You know, how many times do we go? We maybe we're not able to do something, but we say yes, because maybe we feel guilty and it's not something that, you know, we want to do. And, yeah. you know, my whole thing is, is, you know, you don't set yourself on fire, helping to try to put somebody else's fire out. Right. So yeah. Yeah. some, so what I've been able to do, if, if something comes up that, you know, I think it's, it's going to steal my peace as it were, mm. I can say, you know what, that, that doesn't work for me. So if somebody comes, Hey man, let me do, help me out with this or do this. And, and it's can be from an everyday situation to something big, but you, you're, you feel comfortable saying, you know, that doesn't work for me just because I come from a space of authenticity, you know, and then yeah. there's times that I go, man, this, somebody really does. Uh, they, they do deserve some assistance. They do deserve some help. And, you know, that does work for me to be able to yeah. see, you yeah. know, but there's, but they're, like I said, you, you don't want to set yourself on fire sometimes yeah. putting other people out. I'll tell you what, man, just talking to you, man, it's, it's, it's you are clearly doing what you love. Yeah. Um, I, and, and you're in the sweet in, spot. Yeah. And you're impacting people's lives as you always have down through the years, man. I'm just so proud to know you, man. I got to ask you. this last question before yeah. we're off the air. Um, if you could have a billboard anywhere in the world, where would it be and what would it say? If I could have a billboard anywhere in the world, that's okay. Anywhere in the world, that's a good question because then I start to look I go, where, where, where would somebody, <clears throat> you know, where would somebody re receive me? Right. But yeah. if I would say probably somewhere in middle America, because I've okay. performed all over the country and people in the Midwest and middle America are some of the most open, wonderful, receiving people, people. Um, yeah. But I, I would say, you know, I would say you are the creator. Okay. Let them know that we have the power and the ability to create our lives, to design our lives. Yeah. You know, we're not, we're not victims of anybody else other than ourselves, our own limited beliefs, our own limited thinking, wow. our own victim mentality of us. When yeah. you can flip that switch and realize 
you can go out there and make it all happen and and kick butt that's that's the best yeah yeah hey man again where can this audience the unstoppable audience find you we know on youtube are you anywhere yeah. else give, give us every anywhere we can find you where can we you find can, you? my my website johnmoyer.com has got all the portals to you know but i'm on twitter at john moyer instagram at john moyer linkedin john moyer um but yeah the biggest place is uh is youtube look me up john moyer all things John Moyer. Listen, if you're stuck, why don't you reach out to him? Maybe he can help you get unstuck. Maybe he can enlighten you on some of the things that, that you can do with meditation and, and um, hypnosis. If, if, you know, let him talk to you. Let him, let him work this out through you and, and with you. Man, thank you for being an awesome guest. Thank you for doing an old friend and <laughs> honor. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. It's just like I said, I'm just smiling on the inside being here with you. And and we're coming back for the reunion in October. So I want to I want to see you there. Yeah. Don't tell me. Don't tell people how many years, but we've been out. Of <laughs> <laughs> it's our 10 year reunion. Yeah. 10 years. 10 years, ladies and gentlemen. 10 years. 10 years. We've just been out 10 years. But brother, love you. Proud of you, man. Can't wait to see you guys. You've been listening to the Unstoppable Podcast. My name is Ralph Graves Jr. Listen, if you haven't, go to my website, ralph at ralphgravesjr.com. Sign up for the, the community there. Uh, apply for, um, you know, we got some great stuff. Buy the book. Just go to the website and, and find out what's happening because we all need to be and we all can be unstoppable together. I'm Ralph Graves. I'll see you at the top. God bless. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this Unstoppable Conversation. I wanna make a special invitation to you to join the conversation. Every week, we record these conversations live on Fireside. It's a platform that gives you the opportunity to engage with and ask questions to your favorite podcast live. If you wanna join us on Fireside and ask our guests the questions you have about their story, head to firesidechat.com backslash Ralph Graves Jr. and click request access. This is your chance to join the interview. Also, guys, I want to invite you to join the Unstoppable community at ralphgravesjr.com backslash community. Every week, I share challenging lessons and reflection questions so that you can see the transformation in your life that you know is coming. If you can take just 30 minutes of your week to reflect on these questions, I guarantee you'll be on your way to living the unstoppable life you were made for. Join me at ralphgravesjr.com backslash community. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Unstoppable with Ralph Graves Jr.